This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Tyrese Maxey, and you're listening to the 76ers Insiders Podcast. Behind everybody from Philadelphia, 76ers, the Welcome back, everybody, into another post-Sixers win reaction chat. We're live on Twitter Spaces. This is also available on the 76ers Insiders podcast feed. So if you're not with us there yet, please, please, please give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lauren Rosen. Matt Murphy is here. We are ready to dive into all things Game 3. And Matt, what a game it was. Talk to me about what you saw. Hey, Lauren Rosen. Great to be back with you. Great to be with everyone live and on demand. Sixers up 3-0 on the Brooklyn Nets. Final score, 102-97, finding different ways to win. This is the first time this postseason they had a chance to do it on the road, and perhaps no game fit that mold more than this game three in Brooklyn. The idea that this is what true contending teams in the NBA do. No game, no series is ever going to be easy, but staying in games and finding a way in the end, a game that, you don't expect them to necessarily pull out and they go and do it by five in an away game to go up 3-0 and a chance to sweep and get some rests, obviously one game at a time. But I think we've got Lauren back with us for the stats. Thanks, Matt. Sorry about that, guys. And like you said, finding a way to get it done. Doc Rivers not particularly pleased with most of the individual performances from last night, but when he came to the podium, his immediate takeaway was how much of a team win that was. You said it it was something that they wanted to learn to do all season long, and luckily those reps paid off in Game 3. We're going to get into the stats now. If you guys have thoughts, please drop a comment using that purple icon in the bottom right-hand corner of your Spaces screen. You can also send us a DM if you're listening after the live show, we will respond to your DMs in our next show. So let us know what stands out to you live. We're trying to read everything. 
Um, and here we go. So a 102-97 victory over the Brooklyn Nets, a 26-15 fourth quarter that would prove really decisive after Brooklyn had a 35-18 advantage in that third quarter. Tyrese Maxey led the way for the 76ers with 25 points, three rebounds, and three assists. He shot 10 for 17 from the field. He had another five three-pointer outing, shooting five for eight from three-point range. James Harden, in the minutes that he was able to be on the floor, of course, before exiting the game in the second half, more on that in a bit, 21 points, five rebounds, four assists. He shot eight for 15 from the field. He had three threes in his 29 minutes of play. Tobias Harris, another super solid outing, 15 points, seven rebounds, and an assist. Joel Embiid finishes with a 14.10 rebound double-double, plus two assists to steal and two blocks. DeAnthony Melton had a bench-high 13 points. He finished at a plus 24. That was the best on the team, and he played 30 minutes off the bench, so stepping up and stepping in big after Harden's exit. P.J. Tucker, the stats never tell the whole story, but three points, eight rebounds, three offensive rebounds, four assists, and a block in his 29 minutes of play. Massive down the stretch were P.J. Tucker and Tyrese Maxey, but Matt, when you look at this box score, what do you see? Can I take the easy way out and just talk about Tyrese Maxey? Please do. It's about time. <laughs> because you can really look deep into a box score, just a little past maybe the, the counting stats on the front page. And if you really look at like the how the game played out with the play-by-play and each basket listed one by one, Tyrese Maxey's name is all over that sheet at the fourth quarter and late in the fourth quarter. He said after, and we'll hear from Tyrese, we'll hear from P.J. Tucker coming right up, but a little bit of a spoiler, he talked about how the coaching staff and Sam Cassell in particular had said to him, it's winning time, with about four minutes left during a timeout. And he must have taken that to heart because he scored 10 of the last 13, and there was only two minutes and 15 seconds left in the game as you're scrolling the box score and looking at these, the time of these baskets when Brooklyn went up 96-91. And then his three to cut it to two felt like a must-have shot. That was at the 203 mark. And, of course, he made a steal and a, and a basket to tie it and then a perhaps bigger three in the overall scheme of things out of the timeout with less than a minute to go. But that shot down five felt like if you missed that, who knows what happened. So the amount of scoring Tyrese Maxey did in such a small amount of time in a playoff game, on the road, was my main takeaway. The evolution of Tyrese Maxey, a theme that we often draw back to, remembering what he was like and the situations he's been put in as a rookie in the playoffs, as a sophomore in the playoffs, and now this year, really putting the team on his back in two of their last three games, two of their first three games of these playoffs. Let's hear him discussing the win post game. Yeah, I mean, just kind of sometimes how the game flows. Um, we try to get the ball to Javon on the elbow a little bit, uh, let them trap so we can get easier shots. Uh, they did a good job of just being extremely physical, pushing them out, um, and then the way the ball was rotating out the traps, um, you know, that was the, that was probably the reason why I didn't shoot as much. But uh, down the stretch, I mean, I knew because James was out, I had the ball in my hands. So once you have the ball in your hands, you kind of dictate, you know, where the ball goes. So trying to get to Joel, if I can't get to Joel, um, you know, trying to get in the paint and make a play for somebody else or myself. You looked happy for everybody down the stretch. You looked a little extra happy for D'Anthony after that jump. Can you take us inside your relationship with him and why you're excited for him? I'm extremely excited. You know, it's funny. People thought that we would be, I guess, beefing or whatever because, you know, we're in and out of the lineups. But literally, like, 
like we're like almost on the team, probably like really good friends, best friends, if you want to say so. So it's like we cheer each other on in uh, any circumstance. And uh, I get on him for not being aggressive. He gets on me for not being aggressive. And, um, and I think that's just something that we have in common is uh, we both want to win really bad, but uh, we both want to see each other succeed. So I knew he was going to gamble. I'm just glad he didn't have to gamble like too hard because the cave fell right into his hand. So, you know, he played well, though. He played well. That little baby windmill duck he had. I don't know what, I don't know where this D'Anthony was in the regular season, but dunking, but now he wants to dunk everything and jump high, but we'll take it. Doc mentioned that you guys have been able to win so many different types of games. You've been able to keep up in offensive powerhouse and then defensive slugfests like this. How much does that ability of you guys kind of feed into your confidence? Man, it's huge. It's extremely uh, big because we have, one, we have so many different guys that can do things. So, like, as you saw the game, how it went, I think I had a big first quarter. Um, Joe Wood, they still trapping him. Uh, so, come third quarter when we needed, when they went on their little run and we needed uh, somebody to step up, James was out there and he stepped up. He hit some big shots. Uh, he hit some shots where the offense was stalled and the, the shot clock got late and he just created and did some James Harden stuff and uh, he hit some big shots. And, um, like you said, we can rely on our defense to win games and then we can score with the best of them. We we have weapons, we have depth, and uh, we have a good system. So. We talked about this earlier this week as far as the next game obviously being the most important one, but in your experience now in a couple of playoffs, why do you feel like it's hard for a sweep to happen? Why is it hard for one team to sweep the other team? It's, it's hard for a sweep, and it's hard to, to win a closeout game because everybody has pride out here, man. This is the best the best basketball players in the world. So it's like, you know, if if – if you don't have pride, then you wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? So you're not going to just lay down and let somebody, uh, you know, fin- you know, close out the game or close out the series on you. Uh, you're going to put your all into it, and uh, that's what gonna, they're going to do on Saturday. And uh, you know, this game's over. Uh, we're happy to win it, and we got to get ready, prepared. We got to be better, way better than we were. Uh, really good first half, not so good third quarter. Finish it out, but uh, we got to be better for four quarters next time. Told the story a couple times of midway through your rookie year, you weren't playing. You went into Doc's office and told you you were going to win a playoff game. Then you went and did. Now you've won a few playoff games. If you don't mind reflecting, can you sort of take us from then to tonight and what right. it feels like to be inside your head? Well, then during that time, I was just highly confused. I, I was just I went home and I told my my uncle and my my dad and my my mom. Said, and Doc called me into the office and told me I'm going to win the playoff game. I'm, I haven't played in two weeks. Like, I, how did they even correlate? But, um, you know, as soon as he told me that, he played me, like, consistently every single game. And I just, I felt a, some, like a confidence switch. Like, I've always had confidence, but when Joel was coming up to me, Tobias, and uh, Mike Scott, another team, was coming up to me telling me, like, bro, we've seen you play. We've seen you hoop now. Just go out there on the court and do it. Uh, do it with the ultimate confidence. And, um... I think that was a turning point of, of my small career so far, or young career so far. Um, and then once that happened, you know, last year went how I went. And this year, I think I got. I kept saying, coming to training camp, I knew what my role was going to be. I knew this is my first time coming to training camp, knowing my role was going to be. Went through some adversity, got hurt, stuff changed. But um, you know, my mindset has always been the same: and that's to win and do whatever it takes to win. And uh, tonight it was, you know, when when our ball handler, our leader, went out. It was, Take that role in the full quarter and help us get into our stuff, help us win the game. All right, just kind of piggybacking on that. Doc said when he was most impressed with was the way you guys were able to stay composed despite things not going your way. It's just like, where does that composure come from when guys are getting tossed for whatever reason and calls might not be going your way? We got a lot of old guys out there, like Tuck, <laughs> and he's telling everybody to sit down and be quiet and listen to coach and, or listen to him. So you have that, and you have, we have MVP, and he's 
the same way. He's demanding. You got Tobias, who's been, you know, been in the playoffs before. Uh, Mel, uh, who else is out there? A lot of different guys. And then they have uh, me being young, but I feel old uh, now because I've been, you know, out there playing with them. So when you have guys like that, then you have the coaching staff who's been there before. You have everybody on, that was on our bench with D House, Trey's, uh, Deadman, uh, all those guys. They've been there before. So for us to stay calm in that situation was really good, and um, and I'm proud of our teammate, my teammates for that. Winona says Maxi is a baller, period. Going to read all these Maxi comments real quick. Latoya says, let's give Tyrese his flowers for stepping up like he's done all series. Lexi says, need someone to pass along the message to Tyrese that we are so proud of him. I think he sees your messages. He's definitely online, uh, but we can let him know for sure. Jeannie says, Tyrese Maxi, he is him. Proud of how he stepped up and didn't allow the moment to become too big for him. He just played his game. Matt Murphy, your thoughts? Let's give Lauren Rosen her flowers for those questions in there, especially at the end. Get some good stuff out of Tyrese reflecting on his journey and how his rookie year, that conversation he had with the coach, Doc Rivers, and how he was confused about how he would be asked to make or win, help them win or lead them to a win in the playoffs at that time based on how the rotation had shaken out. And couple years ago with the game six in the playoffs and how it actually did happen and now we see Tyrese Maxey leading to leading the Sixers to another playoff victory I really enjoyed that exchange that you both had at the end so well job well done Lauren very kind Matt Murphy thank you so much uh someone else who certainly deserves their flowers if we don't mind pivoting PJ Tucker he came in to the Sixers team with a a really, really sterling reputation as a leader, as a player, but most for his reputation in the playoffs. And I think there was a lot of pressure put on PJ playing in a city like Philadelphia for the first time, um, joining the team on his new contract. Uh, and now he's really shown exactly why the Sixers wanted PJ Tucker. He has been everything and more in these first couple of or first three games, rather. And as soon as he came into the game last night, he made a huge difference. Matt, what did you see from PJ last night? Doc Rivers talked about how important he was to the win and said he was the toughest player on the floor. So a lot of this is stuff that we're rehashing because it was almost expected of PJ Tucker to play like this in the playoffs based on his body of work in his career. But to now see him actually doing it in a Sixers uniform is another thing. And I what, what stood out to me is the offensive rebounds for the team didn't jump off the stat sheet like they did in previous games of the series, but they were once again timely. And P.J. Tucker, for him to not only get one offensive rebound on a possession, but multiple offensive rebounds, and then the Sixers to just have multiple looks at it, that's where I'm looking at P.J. Tucker. I know Tom McGinnis on the, the radio side had a line about, about Tucker that said, is there anyone that plays harder or hustles more? I think not. So I would like to echo that sentiment. The way that, that P.J. Tucker has carried himself all season has been extremely impressive, and we've gotten to see why he has the reputation that he has. But it's been such a pleasure to see why he has the playoff reputation that he has. And the scuttlebutt sort of around the team is how nice it is to have him on their side. Of course, the Sixers came up against P.J. in the playoffs last season. There are some pretty iconic photos of P.J. wrestling rebounds away from four or five of his current teammates even. Um, and they've talked about how nice it is to have them on their side. I was able to ask James Harden about P.J. after the game last night, and James talked about the years that they've spent together, either in the trenches together or as opponents, and just how glad he was to watch his 
teammate and friend of many years succeed last night when James yeah. was watching from the back. Um, some really good content coming, by the way, uh, about, uh, or not about, but showing, yeah, this is, here's your teaser from at Sixers coming up in the next couple of hours, probably. Shout out to Nick McCain, who was our shooter last night, to Julie Villanova, Becca Royer, who are going to push that one out. Uh, but here we go. Let's listen to PJ after you the can game hear, last night. You can cool hear the it. belief. I think so. You can hear the belief about this group in P.J. Tucker's voice and his tone. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really cool stuff. So let's listen to who the guy who really was the emotional leader in the huddles and in the locker room and then backed it up with his play last night. Here's P.J. Tucker. Uh, interesting. It was fun. It was fun because it's one of those ones. It's just wild. It's just wild. A lot of things going on. Um, Tags, people getting thrown out, it's, it was a lot. But that's how you expect them to just throw everything at you, um, do whatever it takes away. Um, you know, they try to jerk the game up with all the doubling and switching and playing fast, playing hard. Um, but like I said, you, you know, you got to expect that. Down, down 2 at home, first game at home, just bring it off. DJ, you're a guy whose game is predicated on physicality. This understand like this. In a game like that where there are injections and there is just a lot happening, how do you not get sucked into a spot? Yeah, I'm at home. That's, yeah, I love that. Those are my favorite kind of games because the rest start letting a little more go and get chippy and, you know, come down. I told Joel before uh, that we started the playoffs, these type of games are the ones you remember if you get to where you want to be. Those games where you're shooting 40% and, you know, 60 from the from free throw and, Nobody can hit a three, and you win. Those are the ones. That's when you know you're growing as a team. You do whatever it takes that night to get the win. And these are kind of games that, you know, build build that foundation to be able to win. Because then when you're rolling, uh, it's, hard, it's hard to beat you. Do you think that one guy's tough-mindedness can filter out the entire team? <laughs> no. I don't think <laughs> there's too much credit for that. No, it definitely doesn't, but it's – just like a team cohesiveness that um, setting the tone, um, accountability, you know, guys having to come in and do what they're supposed to do, do your job. If everybody does their job, then everybody's jobs will be easy. Our lives will be a lot easier. You know, James gets tossed. You know, Joel picks up early, flagrant. You know, the shots aren't falling. Those aren't going. You guys are the way. How, how do you stay composed? Those, those are the ones. In the timeouts, say, hey, 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 lock it out. Here we go. Come on. Get back on the horse. Let's. Come on, do this. Execute. Talk. Communicate better. Be physical. Box out. It's the little stuff that gets you going. Um, we struggled early, but offense rebound, kick out threes. Started to get a couple going. Get Tyrese downhill. Joe's not playing. All right, cool. Come on, we know what we gotta do. It's not. It's it's not rocket science. Tyrese make some big shots down the stretch. I'm still having kind of a quiet second half, at least. That's what he does. Tyrese is, I'm always trying to get him activated. He gets, sometimes he gets lost in the shovel just with James and Joe sometimes. Um, but he don't need a lot to get going. Tyrese going to lay up and get fouled, get a couple free throws, and then he can just run them off and, and take over the game. So um, having that ability, he's so young. He's just like, <laughs> he doesn't even know. He's just like. You know, he missed a few, whatever, but he just get it going, make one shot. He's that good. So I'm um, always going to try to get him going. 
P.J. Tucker with some high praise for Tyrese Maxey last night, and the two of them, of course, down the stretch, were the ones that made it possible for the 76ers to take that 3-0 lead with an opportunity to get the brooms out tomorrow. Matt, what are you watching for in Game 4? Well, coming off the P.J. press conference there, Winona shared a message or sent a message that said on one of the broadcasts that Reggie Miller said that every team needs a P.J. Tucker. So agree with that sentiment. Thanks, Winona. Earlier, we heard PJ there talk about Tyrese Maxey at the very end. Mary shared a tweet from NBA University that said, Maxey, talking about Maxey, he's up there for best vibes in the league, also up there as most efficient play finishers in the league. Great combo, in my opinion. So thank you guys for participating. Some good stuff there on Tucker and Maxey. But yeah, 3-0 series. You got a Saturday afternoon game. In Brooklyn, TNT, NBC Sports Philadelphia, 97.5, The Fanatic, 1 p.m. Eastern. They could have a lot of time off, potentially, if they sweep this series. You keep an eye on that Boston series as well, but the second round can't get moved up all that much. So I think it's important to take care of business. And you always want to win a series in as few games as possible, but you could potentially set yourself up for a similar preparation period as you had during the play-in week heading into the first round, heading into the second round. So that's what I'm looking for to maybe build off of how you finished this last game. And, of course, you want to see them maybe win going away a little bit more, but you're on another team's home court. And like I said at the top of this show, contenders, true contenders, win games that aren't easy. And no NBA game or series, especially on the road, is going to be easy. But they've had Brooklyn's number, I think, on the way out the door here. I'm also looking at uh, Tobias Harris because he had another double-digit game, 15 points, and he had an important three-pointer like so many from Maxi. Harris had one five minutes into the fourth quarter, and it was from his spot that we talk about, Lauren, his, uh, his right corner where for much of this year, I don't know if he finished as the leader, but he was the leading scorer in the NBA by zone for the right corner, and he's hit so many clutch shots from beyond the arc in that part of the on that part of the court this season and he did so again against Brooklyn. So I'm watching for Tobias Harris too in game 4. Matt Murphy, looking forward to covering that game four with you. I couldn't have said it better myself. Of course, an opportunity for the Sixers to put a full 48 together ahead of whoever the next opponent might be should they get that victory. You know, the playoffs get harder as they go along. P.J. Tucker's been telling the team all playoffs long that each next game is the most important one and it will be the most difficult one. So always difficult to close out a series, always difficult to do it on the road, but the Sixers with an awesome opportunity tomorrow afternoon. If you guys aren't already doing it, make sure you're following us on the 76ers Insiders podcast feed. If you haven't sent us a note about what you want to hear more of, less of, whatever, as the playoffs go along, we always want to hear your feedback. So please, 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 please shoot us a DM. And we appreciate you guys for being here on this Friday afternoon at lunchtime. It's beautiful if you're on the East Coast. So go outside, enjoy the good vibes that the Sixers have put into the ether these days. And hopefully they'll keep it going tomorrow. Um, Matt Murphy, I'll let you have the last word if you want it. And thank you, as always, for being here. Flagrant twos for both of us were ejected from this show. Why? Just because it's over. But Oh. <laughs> All right. Sure. I love it. All right. We're exiting we need, the game now. <laughs> we need to match the ejection total from game three. Fair enough. Matt, thank you guys. And, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.